Welcome to the Dabo Unfiltered Podcast. We are your hosts, our Mary, Dr. Nafi, and Anafai Badner. We are here to engage, educate, and hopefully empower you. Today's episode is going to be about the topic of raising teenagers. And we want to make sure that we get into all the aspects of raising teenagers from communication to teenagers and jobs, to teenagers and drugs, to teenagers and sex, to their friendships, as well as mental health, bullying, and all other aspects that come with raising a teenager. We're going to give you our own experiences because we have two moms on this podcast that are raising teenagers. So we are very welcome and open to Dr. Nafi asking us how we're doing, what we're doing, what's working, what's not working, and share that with our audience. So I'm going to start by just asking um, um, our Mary, what do you find to be the most difficult aspect of raising a teenager? And you have uh, both boys and girls that are in that age range. So I would say you said the most difficult, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's just understanding the new generation, right? So I feel like we have, um, you know, obviously my generation our, or our generation, all of us within our generation, if I think about it and compare it to our parents' generation or the generation before that, uh-huh. and looking at the generation now, you cannot it's not apples to apples. Like my parents probably thought we were just weird as hell, right? For us and our generation. But now with technology or even AI, with everything that we're doing, mm-hmm. um, it's a very difficult, um, I think, concept to grasp the mm-hmm. way and understanding the way we have to raise um, kids now. Because, it, you know, when we were growing up, technology had just maybe evolved in some sort of way, but it was like MS-DOS, like you didn't have the internet. Internet came later on, way, way later. Um, Right now you have Snapchat, you know, um, TikTok, right? Those are the main two, Instagram, like, you know, all these majority of teenagers actually have access to. If they don't have access to one, they have two or maybe all three. Um, You have... if you shelter your child, for example, and you shelter, they go to school and they have friends who have those three. Um, you have the connection, the world, literally at the fingertips of your hands. So mm-hmm. the way you raise kids now, um, anywhere literally in the world, has to you have to factor in what the internet has the impact of. Because like I said, it's not about you and you, how you're raising them is what they're exposed to when they leave the outside of your house. Mm-hmm. So I think understanding that, I would say it's been the most challenging. I have three teenagers now, ages 13, 15, and 19. And um, yeah, and, and, and just raising girls, teenage girls, honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like okay I'm like oh mama I'm so sorry for everything I did (laughs) yeah so hold on what are some of the what are some of the things that you guys maybe argue about like at this age like are you guys dealing with like curfews choice in clothing choice in like friends dating sex like what 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 are the issues that you guys are dealing with right now um, for me personally, like right now, if I think about it, like, let's say, cause it's, it's, it's a, you know, uh, 
difference between what I'm having with my son and my daughters. So mm-hmm. with the girls would be some of the, you know, choice of friends or the mm-hmm. friends or who the friends are, because mm-hmm. now like they would all come sleep over when they were 10, 11, 8, 9, 10, 11. And now, you know, like I said, 13, 14, 15, Mm -hmm. some girls are not the same girls that were coming in sweet and all that. I mean, they may be sweet, but they're probably going through their own transition, right? Mm -hmm. And so you worried that, oh my God, that's going to influence my daughter, right? Mm -hmm. So um, especially where we live, you know, we live in Spain and, um, you know, European kids, they're very, very, very liberal. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, within groups, you'll, you'll hear stories like my daughter will come from school and say, oh, guess what? Like so-and-so brought alcohol and, you know, she's suspended or so-and-so like got caught with um, electronic cigarette. And for me, it's like, holy cow, like, what are you talking about? Like you guys are 13, 14, 15, like, what are you, like, how is that even possible? Right. Um, Mm -hmm. so you do like, you want to shelter your child from all these bad things. But like Mm -hmm. I said, you know, from home it is, but then when they're outside, they hear all these stories. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's one. Another thing too, is fashion. I mean, hell crop tops were back in the day too. My, you know, Mm -hmm. my time we had those crop tops and the little mini skirts, Mm -hmm. but these crop tops now, and (laughs) you know, these girls now they're doing the fake nails, their lashes, Mm -hmm. their, Mm makeup oh my Mm -hmm. goodness it's just a whole nother level so I want my kids to still look like children you know that Mm -hmm. they are um so it's the constant conversation of you know you guys are girls you're maturing up you know you're growing so you know you've hit puberty you growing in the right places you know growing breasts and so on and so people are looking at you differently that's one um, so you want to make sure at least you look decent every time you leave the house. So if you want to wear a crop top, put a sweater on it or whatever, you know. So I think those are for the challenges for girls. My son, more so, you know, again, culture has changed. Now, just new generation tattoos. Mm-hmm. Us growing up, we were not even crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so tattoos, I remember my son um, when he turned 18. It was, yeah, 18. He had a tattoo, you know, he went ahead and did a tattoo. So somebody calls me and said, I think I saw um, TJ has a tattoo. And I was like, what? Nah. They're like, yeah, I saw it on Instagram. I said, no, not my son. Like, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, I asked him, he said, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Boy. Like, wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I do. And then he's like, but you like it. He takes a picture. He sends it to me. It's my name. So then I can't like you know. Then I'm like, oh. He but then I'm like, name? hell no, my whole name, our Mary, like in, on his own. But then I was like, you should not have done that because once you start, you can't stop. So now he has a sleeve, an entire sleeve. Oh dang! Um, yeah, he does. He has a sleeve, and uh, <laughs> it didn't stop there. He has one on his. I think a right foot or right leg, the uh, sister's name, entire sister's name there. Um, And then he has one on his neck. So you're just like, and and what am I going to say? He's like, you know what he tells me? He's 18. Oh, damn. So yeah, those are are my challenges. I'll I'll, I'll pass the mic to Anna. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. You know what, though? Anna, just to jump in here, a lot of pa- parents are going to be able to relate with you, Awa, on this because 
there's this like wow yeah no that that was yeah you cannot be any any real than that yeah go ahead Anna well, uh, yes, for sure. Oh, Mary, thank you for, for being so transparent and, mm-hmm. and just honest about sharing some of the struggles that or challenges that you're dealing with when it comes to your teenagers. I have one because my youngest is actually turning 10 end of this month. So I have a 16 year old. And <clears throat> to be honest, um, I'm not facing the challenges of fashion and and um, crop tops. She wears all the crop tops. Well, they wear all the crop tops and that's fine by me. Like you said, oh, Mary, during our days, trust me, we were out here Jumba outing too, okay? Let we were it. showing belly button Big before time. y'all were showing belly button, mm-hmm. okay? So mm-hmm. I'm not even tripping about that. But mm-hmm. one of the things that was my biggest challenge with my daughter um, was dealing with the her being part of the LGBTQ plus community. And as an African woman, as open as I am, both my Mm -hmm. husband and I, because I like to think of myself as the hippie mom. I'm very open-minded. Man, let me tell you, God was like, I'm about to challenge you. Mm -hmm. When this daughter of mine came to me and told me Mm -hmm. that they are now they, them, and don't want to be addressed as she, her, okay, my, I started sweating right away and I was just calling God on God. I was like, Mm -hmm. help me. And my husband wasn't here. I was like, help me. Um, Mm -hmm. because you're asking me to now walk the talk. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to talk it. It's another thing to walk it. Right. And I cried and I asked, I was like, is it okay for you to not label yourself? Can you not label yourself? Just And this when when my daughter was 15, I was like, just be who you are. Don't label yourself and just experience life. Mm-hmm. But it, it was a constant ask of me. My daughter would come and sit me down and say, I need you to understand that this is who I am. And this was the third time in three months. So I called my husband and I said, it, we need to have a family discussion about this because it's it's not a phase. Very often as parents, we like to dismiss when our children tell us who they are mm-hmm. and we'll say it's a phase. They're going to grow out of it. This is just for the summer. Maybe there's a girl or a boy that's interested in them. And that's why all of a sudden they want to identify as something. But my daughter sat us down and made it very clear that she's non-binary mm-hmm. and my, I asked my daughter to give us time to educate ourselves because let me tell you something. I was not educated. Let me tell you something. I was not ready for it. Mm-hmm. I came with my own biases from being raised as a Gambian Muslim from Gambia. Mm-hmm. I did not realize how deep my idea of boy, girl, man, woman, mm-hmm. sexuality and all of it, how deep it went until I was faced with my own child coming to me and saying, this is who I am and I need you to accept it and I need you to respect it. So mm. we, we took the time to educate ourselves. We took the time to read about what does it mean to be, at the time, guys, I didn't even know what is non-binary. What, is, right. what, does, what does it mean to right. be they, them? What do you mean? Me, I was raised, it was he, him, she, ha. That's, That's what I know. Right. And... Now I had to push myself to think beyond 
the binary forms of life and realize that life is is lives with, live within a spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. So, and mm-hmm. same with humanity and same with sexuality. It's not just either or. And we decided we were going to accept my daughter for who, who they are. Mm-hmm. We're going to use the right pronouns when mm-hmm. it comes to addressing them as mm-hmm. they, them, and no longer she, her. Mm-hmm. And we gave my daughter the respect to share with our family members that that they felt comfortable sharing with mm-hmm. and the family members that they didn't feel co- comfortable sharing with they didn't but mm-hmm. in public we will still address my daughter as they them and if the question comes to me like from an auntie or an uncle I'll just simply say yes my daughter's non-binary my daughter goes by they them and you will see shock you will see mm-hmm. confusion you and most of the time they don't ask other questions it's just like they're shocked and then they go run to the next person oh my god did you hear that halima is now they them did you hear yamwaza's daughter is now they them but they won't ask me what does that mean like there's no second mm-hmm. third question it's just mm-hmm. shock and then running to the next person mm-hmm. to share the information now in mm-hmm. the beginning my daughter had a lot of um, female friends. My mm-hmm. daughter dated a girl. And then my daughter was interested in dating boys and sat us down and was like, you know, mommy, I am interested. Actually, it was my best friend and I uh, was like, mommy, Auntie Bobo, I'm interested in dating boys. What do I do? Like, how do I get their attention? And so my best friend and I were like, well, first you have to change the way you dress a little bit because you dress very butch. So men, boys are very visual. They look at you, they see the way you dress, they're like, ah, key mom, okay, key lo So they're going to keep walking. I was like, so uh, on site, they need to be able to, to, to kind of have an idea like, oh, are you, you you know, yeah, yeah, (laughs) into boys Mm -hmm. as well. Can they approach Mm -hmm. you? And Mm -hmm. I was like, but only what you're comfortable with. So of course, then you know, they started buying skirts and they started buying dresses and they started buying different colored jewelry because there was a time it was like cargo pants, crop top, metal jewelry. Um, Mm -hmm. What are the shoes? Dr. Martin's shoes. Mm -hmm. You know, like you look at them and you're like, yep, she's definitely batting for the other team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then right. when they were interested in boys now, it was like the tight stuff came out and mm-hmm. like the feminine mm-hmm. stuff came out. And they mm-hmm. would come to me and ask me questions or ask my best friend. And both my younger sisters are well aware that my daughter is non-binary and, mm-hmm. you know, and they're very comfortable with calling my younger sisters and asking about like anything. They go mm-hmm. on dates, you know, auntie and, and niece dates, and they have their own discussions about everything. So Thankfully, we as parents, my husband and I, and also my village, my best friend, my my siblings were very open, understanding and patient. But more importantly, my daughter was very patient with us because let me tell you, it took a lot of time for me to get this tongue to look at my child that I raised as a as a girl and now start addressing my child as they, them, I have been saying she, her for 15 years, guys. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, and every time she'll correct me when I say, oh, you know, dad comes home. Where's Holly? Oh, Holly's upstairs. She's reading. And then you hear them from upstairs go, they're reading. And I'm like, oh yes, they're reading. 
or my husband would say, you know, oh, I brought something for Holly. Where is she? And then my daughter would say, where are they? So it took time for us. And I was like, you're going to have to be very patient. These are two African parents who have mm-hmm. never been exposed to something like this. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of African parents, I know they're dealing with this. Some of them don't have the language. They don't have the education. They don't have the background. They don't know who to go to to discuss this with. My advice is start with educating yourself because you will be surprised by the biases and stereotypes that you hold true. Not to anybody else, but mm-hmm. just to you. So that's my wow. biggest Wow. Wow. Well, let me just say that's, I, I just, I appreciate both of you guys being so candid about this, right? Because as you both know, based on what our Mary just shared about the tattoo and you about sexuality, those are things that we don't even like to share with our right. own siblings, much less the world about our children. Yeah. All right. So I just, I just applaud both of you guys's, you know, um, willingness to share this because when we do do these types of podcasts, it is to bring awareness, like we always say, right? Mm-hmm. It's to engage, to educate, and hopefully to empower people about these things that are happening in our community, not mm-hmm. just our community in as in America, but like as just people from a different country living here now, right? Living in the diaspora and the things that we face here. And mm-hmm. so for me, I'm just going to back up a little bit, just, just kind of to kind of um, give a base of all of what this is, because today our topic is mostly just parenting uh, teenagers, right? And so in general, right? So teenage years, we all know they, it can be challenging for, for, for families in general, right? Because we're dealing with like hormones that, you know, their world, um, may, you know what I mean? Like understanding, you know what I mean? Like for them, right? No one can understand them in their eyes, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, so they feel sometimes angry. They feel sometimes alone, confused, right? While they're dealing with like all these complicated issues, you know, such as identity, like peer pressure, sexuality, drugs, all kinds of stuff, right? And so I, I think that as people who are coming from a different community, we need to understand that pretty much people from different cultures have different relationships with their children. Right. That's where we need to begin. And that so children are expected to be quiet and always be respectful in the culture that we come from. Uh So us coming to, let's say, the U.S., coming to like Sweden, Denmark, England. Right. So we're now faced with a different type of reality as a parent where we are bringing these old expectations that we were brought up with. And I have to say there are. like backdated, old age, you know, expectations that we bring to this new frontier of raising children in a completely different world and culture. And so there's always a struggle between how much of our old uh, education do we, you know, push on these children versus how much of new things we need to learn. And so what I would say is that parents although I am not a parent yet, but I have nephews and nieces, right? Is that we need to adjust, you know, like we pretty much, you know, have to adjust our parenting skills to keep up with them. And we also have to understand that they're no longer kids because, 
you have to understand in our culture, you're always the child to your parents' eyes, right? It doesn't matter if you're married with children. Our parents sometimes still treat us as children. Mm -hmm. And so we need to realize that not to sweat the little stuff. Things like in Gambia, if you had a different haircut, a different hair color, ear piercings, you're dead by tomorrow. Let's be Mm -hmm. honest. Like Mm -hmm. nobody can find your body. That's Mm -hmm. how my mom used to scare me. Nobody's going to find your body, girl. So you better Mm -hmm. act right. Here, we have to learn to not sweat the little things like that, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to go through, they're they're going through a period where they're not a little child anymore. So we have to give them space to make things like age-appropriate decisions, right? And we have to learn. Uh, We have to also let them learn, right, from the consequences of their own choices. So the problem, though, is that a lot of parents do not want, um, you know, uh, growing up to involve any pain, any failures, any disappointments. And this is probably perhaps like they, they do not, they feel like it might reflect negatively on them. So they try to shelter their children over the top so that they don't experience any of these types of pains and, 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 uh, and failures in life. But, you know, protecting your child from realities of life, you know, it kind of takes away uh, valuable learning opportunities, I would say, you know, um, before they're out on their own. So sometimes Mm -hmm. we need to back up a little bit. We need to challenge ourselves to step back and to let them, you know, know who, just let them know you're here if you Mm -hmm. need them. Right. Um, but wow. So I'm going to pass it on to one of you guys, um, just to ask questions. I know our, we've already asked um, what one of your biggest challenges was. And uh, Anna, you've also shared, uh, I'm sure, quite sure, just listening to you and your voice, like I can just, I, I, I can put myself in your position. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate with either of you guys where sometimes you feel you, you don't know which direction to take it. And, and, and a lot of times when our children do something, we see it as a negative reflection of us. Like our, you may be like, oh, damn, people are now going to say that I wasn't a good parent enough. And here he is doing X, Y, and Z that we don't accept in our culture or our religion. And same for you, right? Where mm-hmm. sometimes we beat ourselves up as parents because we feel like our children's decisions were the rest of the community may see it as a failure in our parenting skills. And that makes it harder sometimes, even for our own parents. That's how they would look at things. Mm -hmm. That it might be a a reflection of their parenting skills, you know? And so people take these things to heart. Or sometimes for somebody like you, Anna, you could have done what all our parents would have probably done, which is tell your child, "Uh, I'm going to beat that shit out of you, pretty much. Or Mm -hmm. you're going to be disowned, your ass is out the door, you're no longer my child. We we have that said to us for lesser things, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. We have that said to us for things like, oh, I found a boy across the street I like. Well, he's he's not Mandinka, you're Mandinka, he's Serian. And then just little shit like that you get disowned Mm -hmm. for. Right? I mean, and and those are common. No, it's true. It's true. I mean, when I I think about... Yeah. So for me, no, I was uh, sorry about that. But um, for me, like what matters and and it really um, took me having kids like to 
to understand every like as a mother right so and I think I shared this earlier with you guys you know when we were younger or even as us like my mom and her five children growing up we all grew up in the same household same values you know every child turned out differently then you have your own kids but while you're pregnant or maybe even maybe you have a toddler you might see somebody with a child maybe that child is 10 years old and doing something and you're like "Mm, my child will never act like that please be careful just watch what you're saying because the thing is you just don't know how that child is going to end up as a parent you do everything in your power and i believe that every parent is doing whatever they can to the limit of their power to make sure that their kids are well right nobody expects or prays to have a child in some sort of way For me, what's important, it's not about the image, it's not about sexuality, it's not about tattoos, it's not about anything. Hell, it's not about what you're doing in school as long as, you know, you're doing something to better your future. For me, it's that character, a person's character. And for me, really what matters to me is that they're going to judge my kids based on their character. Are they good people? Are they God-fearing? Are they God-loving? Do they, you know, are they doing what's uh, this, this world or maybe what God has blessed them for me, for them, why they were created to be here in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am so glad and I'm so fortunate. I'm so blessed. My kids are empathetic. They're compassionate. They're loving. They care about their neighbors. They care about the people. That's what I want to raise. That's it. Mm-hmm. I don't worry about anybody else and what they have. They're straight A students. Obviously, you know, they do very well, but that's not the main reason. I'm, to, I'm doing the best that I can as, as, as a mm-hmm. parent to make sure they're mm-hmm. good people because that's what yeah. we're lacking right now. Yeah. I don't care anything else. For me, I just want to raise good kids. Good kids right. and good, like giving and loving and empathetic and everything else that comes in it. I'm not worried about their sexuality. Everything else that comes in, when it comes knocking on the door, let me be. I'm praying God gives me the patience to understand, patience to love, to listen, and just know that time's a difference. Because maybe my parents wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe because times were different at that time. You know, us growing up, you know, <laughs> when my, kid, my brother was like, I want to be a basketball player. And my dad said, no, we don't do that. <laughs> you got to go to school. <laughs> right. But yeah. like right. what? And then he got, he, you know, as he grew older, my dad would be like, maybe I should have just mm-hmm. let him be a basketball player because maybe he'll be a millionaire by now. <laughs> anger, right. But again, it's, it's this mentality of, of we have to do a certain, like it's just here because you live your life and the world for people. You're not doing it for you. So at the end, that image or whatever you're trying to so much achieve to the detriment of your child, mm-hmm. that's what I'm worried. Because you want to impress Janaba and Modu right there, Michael and Tyrone, that you forget, do you see how it's written Tyrone? That you forget, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That you forget that your child has a need and your child is suffering and everything else right and so I think that's really my message and I had to understand that with my kids because I'll cut every limb to give to them I'll that's it's just I literally live for my children because those are my they're my world they're my everything 
right? So when I think about that, what is it that I have to do? I got to make sure that I understand them. I love them. I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a mom still like, you know, if things are not going the right way, I'll still bring you to what, but I do it in a way where I'm not, um, hopefully, you know, they know this is coming straight out of, from love Mm -hmm. and I listen and I understand and I give you direction in some sort of way, but it does not mean that I'm there to criticize and judge and everything else. And another advice, like I shared earlier is when you see other people's kids, please do not judge. You have no idea. And you don't know what God is going to bless you with. You have no mm-hmm. idea how, yours parent, is gonna, how yeah. difficult parenting is. You cannot judge anybody else in their parenting styles. So right. I'll let Anna handle it. Well, actually, I was just going to ask you guys, both of you guys, that as well. Um, like, what kind of parents are you? And how are you kind of answered it a little bit. Like, because I want to know if you're a different type of parent than Anna would be. Um, so what what's your normal parenting uh, 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 spiel like like are you a laid back kind of parent? Remember we talked about that. Are you? More I would say I'm in between. Okay. I'm in between laid back. Like yes, for sure. Like, um, you know, I'm very understanding, but I can also be very tough when I need to be. Um, you know, there are certain things like, you know, getting up, going to school that I got. You know, you can't be like, well, I don't feel like going to school, and then I'm like, okay, no, no, we're not doing that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. Uh, like right. yeah so you gotta get up there's you said boundaries you said the boundaries you gotta get mm-hmm. up you gotta go you know you have to do so and so because at the end of the day too I cannot raise a child that's not gonna do much and then it becomes a liability for me mm-hmm. right so you have to set expectations for them but I'm not the one that will be yelling hitting like I, I'm not that parent either um mm-hmm. I'm very liberal. I'm very understanding. I understand, you know, things, how they're working because I constantly trying to do, you know, reading articles or doing or listening or watching how other parents are doing or whatever advice that I can take when things are tough, Um, you know, to just understand or even take my, my own, like, you know, raising me as a teenager, honey, Mm -hmm. I've done some stuff. And (laughs) so, you know, like I, I had to, understand myself to okay when I was 15 well when I was 13 well when I was 12 like what was I doing right and so mm-hmm. try to kind of just think about it like bring myself down to that level because sometimes I just think as 40 40 mm-hmm. whatever right mm-hmm. just to and give I'm them grace. that hat on so I have to take that out and say mm-hmm. hmm, let me put my 15 year old hat what was I doing oh shit mm-hmm. okay well then yeah okay mm-hmm. I literally have an angel right because mm-hmm. then you have to really think about that because you're so harsh now as a parent, you forgot that you were a teenager. And I've seen like a lot of that, you know, in families where you become this older and you just feel like this caliph now. No, 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 no. But you were doing shit. Like mm-hmm. that, that's, that's where they are right now. So you have to bring yourself to that level, try to process information to that level. And you have to remember too, I'm sure Dr. Nafi, you would know that, you know, mm-hmm. their, their, uh, their brains right now, they're in that, you know, mm-hmm. Um, the frontal lobe or whatever yeah, it is, it's, it's not developing. Yeah. It is. Yeah. it's developing. So right. the way they're processing information, they're quick to do things that are, they're not processing it. You know, for mm-hmm. us, we have to think about it, mm-hmm. analyze mm-hmm. it. No, the other t- the teenagers will just do. Right. Okay, and then I'll impulsive. Just it. And you're Very not impulsive. thinking. Yeah. Oh, 
exactly um well that cigarette is gonna cause this and this no for them it's like okay oh yeah i'll try it okay i'll do it right and so because and the pressure of society so um what i also had to learn is how do i engage my kids into conversations let's talk about these things they don't want to talk about it because you're like um i don't want to talk about these things with my mom like you're still my mom right but i'm like forcing Mm -hmm. let's have those conversations um luckily with my son he's very open he's been a very open book we talk about anything so we discuss things that are difficult you know hard swallow some of the things that you know i i'd rather know than hear from outside or people you know judge Mm -hmm. um again as much as i just know he's the most loving boy he's very empathetic he's the most Mm -hmm. giving i'm just like oh my god i'm raising a good kid Mm-hmm. For me, that's what matters the most because I know all of them will be blessed in their own way because God raises, God blesses. Mm-hmm. We just have to remember that, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm saying all this to say that all you can do is really listen and let God guide you into how best to raise your daughter or your son at this point. Mm-hmm. That's going to be, and forget all the noise from the outside and when they come in and knock it in because when you're suffering and crying and do whatever because of your child nobody's going to be there with a napkin holding a tissue and wiping your tears mm-hmm. for you it's only you yeah anna yeah. right anna anna what are your tra- what are your parenting styles Well, I'm definitely a permissive parent. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think we already established that in one of the episodes where we talked about (laughs) our parenting style. Yeah, I'm definitely the mom that's like, oh, you don't want to go to school? No problem. Stay at home. Stay under the blanket. (laughs) Do you want me to get you hot chocolate? What movie you want to watch today? Because I'm always like, we live with these rules that were set by God knows who. And sometimes mm-hmm. we take these rules and make it like it's Bible. We make it like it's set in stone. No, mm-hmm. it's not. Like my son and my daughter missing one day of school here and there because they don't feel like it. They're not like it's not going to make them a failure. You know, like what's important is making sure they understand when you start something, you have to finish when you're committed to something, you have to make sure you see it through. Like our Mary said, teaching them to be empathetic people, teaching them to be good humans. But I mm-hmm. think what's most important to me, since we're focusing on the teenagers, mm-hmm. when dealing with a teenager is making sure that you're their safe space. Mm-hmm. When dealing with a teenager is making sure that you have open communication. And just for the moms and the dads that are listening, Start communicating with your children early about uncomfortable topics so that they can get comfortable talking about these things with you. So whether it's sex or it's drugs or it's Mm -hmm. mental health or Mm -hmm. it's other people touching them or not touching them, letting them know that they have autonomy over their body, being able to come to you and tell you when they feel uncomfortable when Mm -hmm. somebody hugs them or touches them and you addressing that, it makes you their safe space. Like I know I can go to dad. And if I tell dad, dad is going to make sure that this and that happen. I know if I tell mom, I, I have a 16 year old, you guys, I am already in the boyfriend stage. Mm -hmm. Okay. I am already in the going to hang out till three, four in the morning. And I always tell my daughter, wherever you are, no matter what happens, you call me and I will wake up and come pick you up. Mm-hmm. No question. Mm-hmm. Asked. And mm-hmm. that is very important because when, she, when they call me, mm-hmm. okay, 
at three in the morning because the party got a little bit rowdy, guess what? My car is full of African children who cannot call their parents. And now mm -hmm. I'm doing drop-offs because they're scared to death to call their parents. And mm -hmm. you hear them say, my mom will kill me. My dad will kill me. I live with my auntie. My auntie will kill me. And mm -hmm. sometimes they get in my car and they're smelling like weed. And I'll be like, get out of the car. We're going to mm -hmm. run around and jump around so you can air your jacket out. Come on, air your jacket out. Jump around so the smell can go out because you get in that house and your auntie smell you or your daddy or your mommy smell you. They're going to think you're the one who was smoking this banga and mm -hmm. it wasn't you. But you're a right. teenager. You're in a right. basement party. There's boys that are smoking. There's other girls that are smoking. Of course, that smell is going to go into your hair. If you have braids, if you have locks, it's going to go into your jacket. It's going to go into your clothes. Yeah. So mm -hmm. they, they always tell Halima, you have the most amazing, coolest parent. And I'm like, I'm not interested in being the cool parent, you guys. What I'm interested in, in is being the safe parent. Mm -hmm. If I'm too tired, I'm waking at my husband. Baby, go get, go get them. Where are they? They at some party, they just send a text message and they said things are getting a little funny, weird. They're not comfortable. They want to be picked up. He's jumping in mm -hmm. the car and he's going to pick them up. So having uncomfortable conversations about drugs, about sex, yeah. about yeah. boundaries, yeah. having yeah. them early is important. Make sure you are your child. Because let me tell you something, you guys, and I'm going to try not to get emotional. So mm -hmm. many teens... Mm -hmm. are doing the dumbest things that I end know. up ruining their lives I just know. because they were scared to call mom and dad mm -hmm. just because they didn't have a safe person to get them out of a situation. Yep. Mm -hmm. And to my African parents, your children that are coming to you and mm -hmm. telling you yep. their gender identity, please accept them. Because mm -hmm. there's too many of our children that are killing themselves, mm -hmm. yeah. that are committing suicide mm -hmm. because their families will not accept them. We have to talk about it. There are too many of us Senegambians who mm -hmm. are telling our gay sons, our lesbian daughters, our non-binary children, our trans children, they're not welcome in our families anymore mm -hmm. if they mm -hmm. choose that lifestyle. And mm -hmm. yes, no problem. They're jumping on planes. They're going to a friend's house in, in Tennessee. They're going to live in New York so that they can have their freedom. They're going to live in Boston so they can be with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a friend who accepts them. But that's your child. That's your baby. Yep. yep. Now, what you cannot do is bring your children birth them in these countries that you bring them to, raise mm -hmm. them in these countries that you bring mm -hmm. them to, and expect them to have African mentality, African behavior, African attitude, African thinking. It absolutely. is impossible. It it's is impossible. absolutely irresponsible of you absolutely. to expect that of a child that you yes. birth right here in America. You're so proud right. to tell everyone your child has an American passport, British exactly. passport, Swedish passport, German mm -hmm. passport, but now mm -hmm. the brain... You want the brain to think like Gambia, but they weren't raised there? You want yeah. the brain to behave like Gambian, they're in a Gambian community and society, but that's not the case? Mm -hmm. right. That's irresponsible of you as a parent. Mm -hmm. 
Right. Then leave right. your children in Gambia where they can disciple. They don't Absolutely. have the space to come out and say, I am this or I am that, where they have to live by the strict rules. And even if they are what they are, they have to hide it because society right. says you cannot expose that. Then buy them right. But don't, right. because guess what, guys? Your children, they're American first before they're yeah. African. Because they Absolutely. were born and raised here. They are yeah. Swedish first before they're Gambian. They right. are Norwegian first before they're Gambian. They are British first before they're Gambian. So wherever you are in the diaspora and you're having your children there and you're raising them there, that's their environment. That's what they know. That's what they're exposed to at school. That's yeah. what's exposed to them on the television. That's what they see on social media. So this most unrealistic expectation for mm -hmm. them to behave the way you behaved when you were raised in Serekunda and Bakau and mm -hmm. Pipeline and right. Fajara. It doesn't connect, guys. It right. doesn't connect. Stop yelling at your ch children and telling them if you were back home, I would have slapped you. You're not back home. You are <laughs> where you are. <laughs> no, it's very right. true. No, it's she's right. She's it right. is I, so true. It is I so, think... so true. I think yep. there's a cultural struggle that yes. we, there's just like Anna, you're mentioning, there's a cultural struggle that we have as a people of the diaspora where we are in our minds thinking our children need to be behaving the way we behaved with our parents. The, the, but the, the, the other, the flip side, or I would say the challenge to that is that you, your children are not in the same environment you are in. Your children mm -hmm. are now in, a, in an environment here where they're struggling with a lot of stuff, right? We're struggling with social media. When we were growing up, there was not a social media, right? And so for us, being parents in America, in England or Europe, just like Anna said, right? We need to make sure we're more open-minded. Mm -hmm. Open-minded. Things like, like modeling good behavior. For example, apologizing to your child when you're wrong. Girl, mm -hmm. did we do that? Let's talk about it. <laughs> oh, please. Let's talk yeah. about it, right? So these That's are right. things that we need to be open-minded to try. Like my sister and I had a conversation not too long ago, my older sister, and she was telling me that she had to go in her son's bedroom and apologize to him for just yelling at him five minutes ago. And mm -hmm. I was all kinds of impressed, right? And she's, she, I mean, this was not how she always was. She, she had to learn it. She read books. She wants to do better as a parent because the old way of, um, excuse me, it's my way or the highway, you know, kind mm -hmm. of mentality, it's not working. You know, it, culturally, we have a more of a slightly formal relationships with our parents, Mm -hmm. But that's not working where when you talk, your child shuts up and listens. It's not always working, right? So they may no longer respond to parental authority as they get older in a different environment. Right. And you have to be able to, to change and, and adjust your parenting skills to match the situation of what is going on. When Especially. you especially when you're dealing with teenagers, because let me tell you something, Dr. Nafi, when you're dealing with teenagers, because they're trying to figure out where the line is between, I am a big kid now, but I still need love yeah, and hug and guidance. Yeah. And, and it's a very confusing stage. Yeah. So you think your teenagers don't need hug, hug your daughters, hug your mm -hmm. son. I'm mm -hmm. talking about your teenagers. 
they need it. They're in situations at school and in these social settings that if you're not the parent that when they come home, they can download on you and they can share with you, you have no idea the kind of peer pressure they're dealing with. Exactly. So hug right. them as often right. as possible. Here's another thing. Take them out one-on-one and just walk with them and let them talk and you listen. Know mm-hmm. their friends, all of their friends. Do you know how many friendship groups that my daughter had to get themselves out of because they were in, in, in friendship groups where they were being pressured? Some yeah. of these friends were vaping in school. Some mm-hmm. of yep. these friends were engaging in sexual activity in the in the theater, movie theater, in the yeah. bathrooms at school, yep. in, yep. in the hallways, as our Mary would say, Ganao Contuar. They yep. are having sex in, in all sure. the weirdest. Yes. And mm-hmm. guess what? Because they were not engaging in sexual activity. They were looking at her like, oh, you think you're all that. Oh, you think you're special. Oh, you yep. think you're too pretty. Oh, you... Mm-hmm. And, and they decided this is not the group I want to be in. Mm-hmm. Do you know how mm-hmm. hard it is to be in a school where you've already formed a group? Now you leave the group yep. and you have to go sit at the cafeteria by yourself mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. single day. When they came home, I would sit down with them and listen. My mm-hmm. sister would call. My youngest other sister would call. My best friend would call. We mm-hmm. were there for two weeks until they were able to find a new friend group. Just yeah. to- because every day they came home, like literally I'll open the door and they would collapse in my arms. Mm. Like the day was so tough. Mm-hmm. Mommy today was so tough. But guess what? That's the mom that has that relationship. So yes. what about the child that doesn't have that? Re- where do they go to say today was hard? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who do and, they and, call to right. say I had right. a difficult time? And mm-hmm. I also want to touch on mental health because right. a lot of us, our generation, yep. we mm-hmm. didn't grow up with mental health issues. So when our ch- children, or they were there, but it wasn't addressed right. and right. it wasn't talked about. So right. when our children today are dealing with anxiety, we look at them like, what do you mean you're anxious? Right. Anxious about what? And so mm-hmm. the, this is the thing, Anna. We have wrong assumptions of these of children. We pretty much say kids don't have problems. They can't be depressed. They can't be anxious. Exactly. They can't be suicidal. Yo yo yo, ana yo Like we basically say to them, you should not have any worries in the world as a right. child. So go sit down and shut up. And when we do that, we're pretty much invalidating what they're going through. And we have to understand. Children who live in America, who live in the diaspora, whether you live in England, London, what, you know, in Europe or whatever, right? They have different sets of skills to cope than we did. Yeah. We have to understand that. Come, our, what we were just saying. You, you know, if you're bored, go buy yeah. your business. Right. In right. America, these children are exposed to so much more, which causes them so many challenges mentally that they have to deal with as kids heck if i'm online looking at all the stuff they're looking at i have the same challenges much less them at their age so we mm-hmm. don't we sometimes and i have to be honest in most of these households in the diaspora mm-hmm. absent parents is what we got mm-hmm. the mom mm-hmm. is working the dad yeah. is working the kids are at home by themselves is following up on these children and they're struggling. So who do they turn to? 
they turn to their American friends, for example, mm-hmm. the white mm-hmm. teenager next door. And mm-hmm. what is her? What is this white teenager's solution uh, uh, to deal with a problem? They are the ones now left to advise your child. What mm-hmm. do you do when you're when you're too stressed out and you don't have a way to do? Cut yourself. What do you do when you don't know what to do? Hang yourself. They're getting advice from American or European children mm-hmm. whose way of dealing. Let's mm-hmm. talk about it. The no, burning at this African time, children burning themselves, African children this. cutting themselves, African children. You know, there's this other thing that they do now where when they can't deal with the pressures at home or mm-hmm. they can't deal with the pressures at school, you guys, they start sniffing these bathroom products and then they'll pass out yeah. because they just want a break. They just want to be numb because it's too much. But as you said, Nafi, when dad is the champion of overtime, you're calling your boss all the time. Hmm. Uh, uh, boss, oh, yes, uh, you have any overtime? Can I take overtime? When your mom yeah. is a nurse and is working odd hours and is not home when you're home, right? You're you left by yourself. yourself. So yeah. who do you turn to? The blind leading the blind. You turn to your other mates. You tell me they don't know any any more than what they know as a 16 year old. So now you start advising yourself. I mean, he said that he liked me. So I figured, you know, if I don't have sex with him, then he might like the other girl the next day. So here you are having unprotected sex for the first time in a movie theater. How? But guess what? Your mom didn't talk to you about sex. Your mom didn't prepare you. Your mom didn't. That part. Where's the education from mom and dad? It's not there because we're Africans and we don't talk about sex. You cannot mm-hmm. afford to have that attitude. Not when you're man, engaging in with teens and you're talking about the topic of mental health, sex, yeah. drugs, gender identity, sexual identity, we have to make sure that as parents, we take the time for some self-reflection. Yeah. Then we have to honestly recognize our biases that have built up over a lifetime of experiences, societal and cultural cues that have really shaped us. Again, we grew up in Gambia. These kids are growing up in America. Right. That part. Right. That's 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 the whole and and, and I'm glad you touched up a little bit on on um, the drugs and the mental health, the mental health issues, the children. Right. So children raised in different parts of the world, they have different stamina. You could say that children who were raised in Gambia have different sets of skills how to deal right. with issues. Yeah. And they're also faced with different types of challenges, right, yeah. than children yeah. raised in America. So maybe right. perhaps in Gambia, you may not see a child deal with stress by cutting themselves. You may see that same, you may see that same child if you bring them here and they have a diff- they're in a different environment, they may start doing that. And so our um, Gambian community, most of us, don't know how to deal with a child doing that because you've never had an yeah. experience right. in such a thing. You right. grew up in Gambia where nobody did that. So mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you're faced with a teenager of yours in America who mm-hmm. is, let's say, depressed. Right. And you are struggling saying to yourself, why the hell is this child depressed? Yep. He has no problems. He doesn't have bills to pay. He's right. eating food. He has right. room over his head. Why is yep. he depressed? Yep. Yep. Because yep. you are disconnected from that child. In a yep. sense, that culturally, you're biased. Mm-hmm. Culturally, you've been taught, nah, children don't have problems. Mm-hmm. And you kind mm-hmm. of just, you know, go ahead, Anna. 
I, I just want to add this because it's right on what you're saying that the disconnect is there. So if the disconnect is there, what that means is that us, the parents, mm-hmm. it is on us absolutely to do the work to make sure that we are unlearning our biases and stereotypes. Right. Because Dr. Nafi, our Mary, if we don't do the unlearning, we will never connect with our children. No, absolutely. Absolutely. The work is on us. So if you say you want to migrate to another country so you can raise your children and your family there, please do the work of learning about that culture, learning about that educational system, learning about how that society works and figure out if, are you sure that's where you want to go and raise your family? Because a lot of people just jump. I just want out of Africa. It's too tough. But then do you know where you're going? My friend, do you know what's there? Because they have their own set of challenges as well. Are you prepared? And if you're not prepared, take the time to learn. Take the time to educate yourself. Sometimes yeah. us parents need the therapy because you're right. like, I'm confused. It's too much coming at me at once. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to deal with it. Right. And that's yeah. okay. Go to therapy for yourself yeah. so you can be a better parent to the children that you're raising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Anna, I'm you don't... also have yeah. to think about that our generation is even a little bit more understanding. Open-minded, yeah. Like, like compare. I mean, you, first of all, I applaud you with your daughter and everything. I mean, that is such a difficult situation. I don't even know what I'd do, right? And Um, that's every Gambian parent's biggest nightmare. Let's be honest. Like, they're like the fear and nightmare, whatever. everybody has, right? Exactly. Because I've talked to a few parents, and they all say, in the Western world, that is their biggest fear. Their children coming out to them and saying, yeah. I may be different, you know, sexually, you know, and, 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 and or sexuality is different. And they all have to deal with that. Why? Because we have such a big um, stigma attached to it, not just as Gambian, but as Muslims and all of that in between. We're yeah. very judgmental with people yep. that are different with what we're I mean, taught. Aside we from even, yeah. And aside from even that, like I'm just thinking today, let's say, that happens and then I tell my mom my mother is a white woman my mom will be like say what now that's not Mm -hmm. what we're gonna do because I don't believe Mm -hmm. in that my Mm -hmm. kids will make fun and be like you know Lela because I call her Lela Lela you homophobic because that's not Mm -hmm. what they knew Mm -hmm. that wasn't like their generation this is not what they talked about so like I said okay I was saying you know I applaud you but I'm sure you're gonna have family members and maybe you're very lucky that obviously maybe your mom is very understanding of this whole situation but you're gonna have folks that it's going to be difficult but because of the love they're gonna learn to you know to understand that because it takes time to understand and process this situation because of what they've already embedded in us and like I was saying our generation is even a little bit more understanding I'm just thinking if it was my dad that was the father of my son right now. Because if you have a tattoo, my dad will come and cut where you've got the tattoo. Because I'm just thinking mm-hmm. like how how um strict, you know, mm-hmm. like you know you cannot do this and you can't do that. But life has changed, generations have changed. And for me too was that understanding that like look, I don't live in this country. My kids were not raised in the Gambia, right? My kids were raised in the US and in Europe. So Obviously, culturally, yes, they have what they influence at home, but they at school how many hours a day, Monday to Friday? 
they're at school. They're hanging with the Russian kids. They're hanging with the kids from, you mm-hmm. know, Saudi Arabia, from London, from the U.S., from everywhere. And every one of them has their own culture. Some good, some bad, whatever you want to put it, right? Mm-hmm. And so, again, you have to remember that your kids, you only can have a little, as much control. So what's more important, and I go with Anna and, you know, just really ha- being that safe space for your child. There's mm-hmm. nothing more important. You know how difficult that would be if your child is in a situation and cannot call home? Mm-hmm. You, you, you have to think about that. Sit Sometimes down they would rather it. die. And that's why some of because them would of your ego. suicide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so Absolutely. sad. That being that, you know, that safe space where like mom or dad, like this is going on or whatever. And for also another thing too, is not parents or even community not understanding because of the stigmas, you know, Mm -hmm. we we talked about like mental health is Mm -hmm. not understanding, um, you know, what mental health really looks like, like the depression or anxiety. No, yeah, everything. And it's yeah. not that, mm-hmm. especially here. I mean, I'm right now, currently I'm in the Gambia. So <laughs> to understand yeah. mental health in this community, oh my God, I think it's going to get, it's going to take years to yeah. really understand that it's not the ones that you see outside, walking outside, because mm-hmm. automatically they think mental health, that's the only thing that's mental health. Yeah. That's the only thing. Not understanding yeah. that maybe bipolar, schizophrenia, and all that. Depression, and maybe anxiety. Multiple personality is, you know, they're yeah. the ones in the street. Maybe that's mm-hmm. how it, you know, it ended up for them this way. But there's depression and anxiety attacks that are held. That are, that are, with most of these kids, imagine if your kids have been like started at Marina, now they're at Sebac, now which other school, whatever, Gambi High School. Imagine the anxiety to learn to make new friends all the time. Certain kids process things differently. Like you, you um, shared, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Nafis, like, like, why would you be depressed? Like, you're, I'm got everything you have, a ha- you know, how to have a house, you have food, you have this. So I'm just there, you know, I have to make, mm-hmm. I have to work three shifts because that's mm-hmm. what I got to do to make sure you have a roof. Mm-hmm. But there's also, again, needs of a child that you're not meeting because you're so busy working because it's competing priorities, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. change because you're just like, oh, as long as they have food, they're okay. What about the emotional attachment that needs the child needs or the emotional healing that they need? It's all forgotten. It's always like everything else, the food, the water, the, you know, anything else that you need to figure out, which is really important because obviously without that, you have other issues. But you have yeah. to figure out how to really have those conversations and find that balance for your yeah. child and, and, yeah. and making sure you understand what's going on. You have children raising other kids. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it's and, not or, or, difficult. Or, face, or online or social media raising your kids because I was kind of shocked. I mean, I have pretty, I have to tell Hamdan, like my nephews and nieces are, you know, level-headed, I would say, you know? Yeah. But... I was shocked when one of my nieces said, "Oh yeah, I learned that from the black from the dark web." I almost fell off my chair. You said what? I said, "What the wow. hell is the black? What the hell is the dark web?" And she wow. started laughing. She goes, "Wow, Auntie Nafi, you, you don't know what that is." Half of the mm-hmm. parents don't know their children have this access. 
Okay? Mm. The dark web is teaching children. There's people on the other side telling yeah. their children, this is how you deal with X, Y, and Z, and they yeah. are listening. Mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the problems that we have here may be different from the problems in Gambia. Children have now at their fingertips all kinds of, 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 of dangerous resources is what it is. Mm-hmm. Because if your child is so depressed and feels like Nao, you they cannot approach you to talk to you about it because you're so busy with whatever else you got going on. They turn on and go to the dark web and they put how to deal with depression, for example, and mm-hmm. pops up a video. And there's another person on the end of this who knows no better. Mm-hmm. And is telling your child, well, if you're going through depression, sometimes the best way to deal with it, take this pills and get, get it over with. Cut yourself, hang yourself, do this and do that. And you'll go to a better place. That's a child who's, first of all, mental capacity is not as, as right. well developed as an adult. Right. They will see that as a sound advice and they will mm-hmm. take it. And not to mention things, because I wanted to talk a little bit about drugs, right? We cannot Mm -hmm. shelter our children from drugs. It is now in the schools. It's Mm -hmm. everywhere. Mm -hmm. Parking lots, wherever you go. Their friends are coming to your house, going to the basement with pills. And you're upstairs watching TV. You got no idea what's Mm -hmm. going on in your basement, right? And kids, so make yourself more aware. Don't be that parent who is so clueless that they have, they have no idea. Because these kids are pretty smart, right? So mm-hmm. they can be sitting in front of you and they're talking about like drugs like, for example, PCP, right? So mm-hmm. PCP has all, like, they call it the purple rain, angel dust, right? Water, you know, like things like um, heroin. It's brown oh, dang, sugar. Girl. It's brown sugar, right? You can mm. be sitting next to your mom saying, oh man, I need some brown sugar. Your mom thinks you're going to the kitchen to get some brown sugar. No, honey, you're talking about hurric- like 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 heroin. Wow. Things like coke uh-huh. is pearl, right? And ecstasy is all over the place. Your child is talking about, I want some egg rolls. Nah, not the one from the Asian store, honey. <laughs> egg rolls, vitamin C, these are all egg- names, street names for ecstasy. Wow. Right? And these children, mm-hmm. I mean, there's such a high rate of, of overdose right now. Yeah in the yeah. medical world from children. It yeah. is so bad that a lot of the schools now in the U.S. Uh, are now putting, you know how you have those um, uh, fire extinguishers in the hallways? Yeah. 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 So yeah. now they're next to the fire extinguishers, a lot of the middle schools and high schools are putting what's called Norcan. A Norcan, it's mm. a medication that reverses overdose, drug overdose in the wow. schools. So they're putting wow. them up there in case you see somebody who has passed out in the bathroom, overdosed on something, you go and grab that. You can save their life by, yeah. by, by administering that to them. It's, it's pretty much an antidote uh, um, uh, to, to, to that, right? And fentanyl, mm-hmm. right? It's the mm-hmm, biggest mm-hmm. thing now kids are yeah. dying from. And mm-hmm. to, to be honest, a lot of the children may not even know that there's fentanyl in this. Their friend could give them, let's say, mm-hmm. a pill and say, oh, this has like heroin in it. It has, you know, meth in it. But what mm-hmm. they're not realizing is that nowadays a lot of these uh, uh, drugs are laced with fentanyl. Mm-hmm. And fentanyl, you can easily overdose on it. Like two milligrams of fentanyl, you're, you're overdosed. 
So wow. you don't know who is making these drugs. You know how much fentanyl are putting are they putting in there because fentanyl is supposed to heighten your your high, and mm-hmm. so now a lot of these drug um, dealers are, are spiking and lacing their med- you know their drugs with fentanyl yeah. so that their patients not just would they hook be hooked on it like it'll mm-hmm. help their high. What they what people regular people don't realize is that fentanyl is very very potent. It is. 50 times more potent than heroin and a wow. hundred times more potent than morphine. It can drop you dead wow. in two seconds. And children don't know that this they're wow. dying from sometimes their very first try. You go to a party, a friend say, Hey, try this drug. It's just, it's just like, it's popping. Just try it. You mm-hmm. take that one pill and you put it in your mouth. Literally 10 seconds later, you're dead on the floor. It was your first time trying it. And you overdosed. That's what's happening in all the schools. And that could be your child. Right. Right. And so there's a lot right now going on in this generation that, to be honest, a lot of us didn't have to deal with growing up. There's more challenges that a lot of us parents in the diaspora need to be aware of that. It's not just your kid going to school and coming back home. That's not the, the, the generation we live in anymore. When they go to school, there's a lot they're dealing with there. There's bullying. There's drugs. There's so much stuff they have to deal with. Sometimes children are constantly anxious. They're depressed. Mm-hmm. There's this uh, Facebook bullying, right, mm-hmm. with these kids. So they don't even want to go to school anymore. So let's give them grace. They're dealing with a lot more than we dealt with growing up. Right. And we For need sure. the bottom line is we need to adjust our parenting skills. And we need to, we need to do better by these kids. I agree with you 100%. And after everything that Dr. Nafi said Mm -hmm. and everything that our Mary said and everything that I shared, after this episode, if you're a parent to a teenager, I hope Mm -hmm. you go upstairs, go downstairs, go next door, wherever their room is, hug your teenager Mm -hmm. because you have no idea the Mm -hmm. pressure Mm -hmm. you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Open your calendar and schedule a date night. And take your it, and if you have more than one, like our Mary, one mm-hmm. by one, take mm-hmm. them so you can just have time alone with them, because mm-hmm. there are certain things. No matter how close your children are, they don't want their siblings to know. Yeah, mm-hmm. you want them to feel mm-hmm. like they can share with you one on one. To my to my Gambians and my Senegalese that have dark skin daughters, mm-hmm. this message is for you. I need you to understand that colorism is still an issue in this country. That your children are being ridiculed and made fun of at school because of their skin tone. And it doesn't matter if it's a boy or if it's a girl, but especially your daughters. I need you to empower them because this melanin popping that you see happening on social media, it is not trickling down to the high school and middle school level. Mm -hmm. Empower your children to feel beautiful in their skin. Mm -hmm. I also want to touch on the jobs. These teenagers that are starting to have jobs and they're making a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. To my African community, stop asking your teenagers to contribute to the grown-up bills in that house. Please, That man you're looking at, that boyfriend that's living in your house, Mm -hmm. that man that is jugujuguing you at night, he needs to contribute. Mm-hmm. 
That's it is right. not for your children to be contributing to these heavy bills. And if things are so tight that you need that contribution, mm-hmm. with, humble yourself to sit on the table with your child mm-hmm. and communicate and explain right. so they understand, but right. not to burden them and not to guilt them. That is their mm-hmm. responsibility. So majority lampa biden coffee. If you don't do this, your sister will not go on the trip. If you don't do this, we will not have. Because guess what? That mm. is not their responsibility. They right. are children. Yes. yes, they are teenagers, and they can work in this country. But they are yes. children. Yes. So if you must, because of your situation, humble mm-hmm. yourself, sit down with your child, and ask and explain. Mm-hmm. And allow them to also share with you what they think about what you just asked. Because it's a big ask. They mm-hmm. might be saving for their shoe, but guess what? At that age, that's the priority. And they should be able to buy the shoe that they want. Mm-hmm. Not pay the hefty bill for grocery or for the light or for half the rent or quarter mm-hmm. the rent. Please. I also mm-hmm. want to talk about religion. Mm-hmm. When it comes to religion, you're raising your kids in the diaspora. If you're not putting them in Dara from day one, mm-hmm. if you yourself, you're not sitting them down to teach them about the religion that you believe in, that you want them to follow, and they mm-hmm. don't pray, and they don't fast, and they don't, and, and uh, for the Christians, they don't want to come to church, and they're not doing their, uh, I'm not sure what Christians do, I'm sorry. Catechism? I think it's called catechism. All of it. If they're not doing it because you're not teaching them, you then cannot turn around and tell them that they're going to hell. You then cannot turn around and guilt them and shame them because they're not praying to your Allah and they're not praying to your Jesus. Because if you want them to follow your religion, you have to invest the time and energy. Not only in teaching them, but also in modeling it for them. Absolutely. Absent parenting is what the problem is. That's it. If you're not there, how can they then know Jesus? How can they then know Allah? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. everything they do is haram. Mm-hmm. I want to also touch on sex. This one is my pet peeve. Because I feel like a lot of African parents do not teach their sons about consent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we always tell our daughters, don't get What's raped. It? But who is doing the raping? These girls are being raped by boys. These Mm -hmm. boys are raised in a home by parents. Sit your sons down and teach them about consent. Not just bull in the beer, bull beeral. Do not go and impregnate someone. Don't bring us any children. We're not ready to be grandparents. Teach them that they must get consent from these girls they're engaging in sexual activities with before they move forward. If the girl said it's also old, it's okay for you to kiss me, stop at kissing. If you want to move to now touching, if you want to move to caressing, if you want to move to fingering, if you want to move to penetration, you must get that consent from that same girl. We have to teach our sons sexual consent, same yeah. as we do our daughters. Teach right. your daughters to have a voice because just saying, just don't do it. It's never worked. It doesn't mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. Talk to them about yeah. sex. Talk yeah, to them about really. masturbation because yeah. masturbation will help them release the sexual tension they feel in their bodies. By God, 
I mean, please help me, our you know, uh, Dr. Nafi, about biology. Are we not sexual beings? <laughs> we, absolutely, we are. Now, the problem is, the problem is, Anna, before we are comfortable talking to our children about sex, we have to be comfortable with sex ourselves. Right. And the we're not. The we're unlearning. Not. As, 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 as I, I mean, I have to be honest, sometimes when I talk to some of my sisters, my older sisters, I see them cringing. Mm. We're not comfortable about talking about sex. How is that yeah. parent who is cringing talking to right. another adult right. going to have to be comfortable enough to sit with a child? They won't. Right. So that's the that's the that's the biggest. Oh, Dr. Nati, no about. problem. If that's the case, send them to Auntie Anna. <laughs> do you know how many people i coach and did i am doing this free of charge zero dollars girls that are about to get married in gambia girls that are about to get married right here in america girls that are teenagers everybody reaches out to me because of lotus for our podcast and they're asking me auntie mm -hmm. how do i do this auntie this mm -hmm. is happening where do i go auntie this is this, yeah. how do i yeah. do this because nobody is sending them the information that they need. Yeah. yeah, yep. That is so true. I mean, I go through it myself. Mm -hmm. um, you know, with, well, you know, with work, but when I, you know, to go to school, so teach about gender-based violence and so on. Uh, something that we do in schools is it's, it's um, centered around hygiene how mm -hmm. to take care of the female body, how to, mm -hmm. you know, make sure that, you know, you at least trying to avoid odors, et cetera, et cetera. And that's exactly um, where I actually get phone calls. I mean, till this day, I'll get, you know, either a message or a phone call. How do I shave? How do mm -hmm. I wash? How do I clean? Yeah. You know, so, so things like that, because they don't have anybody else that's, you know, given them that knowledge um, yeah. or parents that are just not talking about it. Um, I mean, like you said, you know, can you imagine getting married or going to get married and um, you don't know how to, I mean, you don't know how to take care of yourself. Uh, most recently, um, somebody that I know um, was getting married and she has an odor, right? She has an odor and um, I, I think she's trying to find out what do I need to do to... Mm -hmm. Get you know, get rid of the odor because people, mm -hmm. uh, she didn't know that she had it. So people are actually pointing it out. Oh. And, and can you imagine? So it's just, you know, so things that we really need to talk about, we don't. And that's all part of just to, uh, being accepted to talk about sex. Because when you have an odor like that, sometimes it's just not coming from your, you know, your armpits. It's probably coming mm -hmm. from your vagina as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, what is it that you need to do to take care of your own body? How do you understand it and how do you know it? And it starts as a child. So when you're not having those discussions, talking to your kids because you're so busy with everything else that you forget that they also have needs, um, you know, then you run into issues like this. Um, so I think, you know, today definitely there's lots of, you know, information that was covered. And I do hope that um, there's a lot of parents. I Actually, I know a lot of parents are going to be able to resonate because we have a lot of folks that listen in from the diaspora. And yeah. I'm sure they have kids. They might have not thought, you know, they might have not like processed that, oh, my kids 
are going through certain things like this. Mm-hmm. But hopefully after today, they can go and sit with the child and and just understand, you know, what are your thoughts on this or what are your thoughts on that? Because we are, in, you know, we are in a different country, right? And um, we're raising in a different country or even in the Gambia right now currently mm-hmm. where I'm at right now these are stu- you know these are kids that are going through the same thing these kids were born most of them were born outside they're coming in if you look at the gambia as a whole as a population yes you're going to see especially rural kids you're going to have you might not have the problem to this level obviously you know i wouldn't say even say a problem you won't have teenagers that are raised exactly like what we have from the yeah. diaspora but when you are in urban Gambia, you're going to see very similar situations. Very similar. We cannot say that, oh, kids in the Gambia are not cutting themselves. We do not know that. Because the suture here is so high. Uh They won't because kids that are coming from privileged homes, their parents are working. Uh They got off late. When they come home, they have maids. Uh They're tired. The mm-hmm. kid got off home, you know, got off school at two, maybe three. They had lunch. They laying down. What are they doing? Technology is the same thing. What my kids are doing. Yeah. My kids might get off school, have extracurricular activity where they're, you know, playing basketball. They have gymnastics or whatever else they have going on. Your child has no other extracurricular. They get off school. They come in home. They're on their phone. They're watching TV. They're consuming content. The same content that my kids outside of the Gambia are literally consuming. My kids read the books when I was lying. I see it on Netflix when I was lying. Mm-hmm. The kids here are watching when I was lying. Yep. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the same kids. When I go to you know spaces here like Iceland or whatever, I see kids. They're speaking English. They're talking about the same things, listening to the same music, doing the same TikTok videos yep. that my kids are doing. Back in the day, back in the 90s, we were dancing to, you know, Tupac, uh, B.I.G., you know, all those other things that kids in the United States were doing. Culture, culturally, it's just traveling everywhere. Some kids might have accessibility to certain things. Other kids might not, but we cannot assume that some of these kids are not going through the same thing, right? So we yeah. have to just make sure we remember that. Oh, my kids are being raised to Gambit. Well, I'm going to bring them to Gambit. Okay, you might have a better chance of not going through deal with other things, but you're still going to have issues. Kids here are dealing with anxiety. Kids here are dealing with depression. Kids here are dealing with obes- obesity. Kids here are dealing with colorism. Worse mm-hmm. here body mm-hmm. shaming uh, you know all name calling you name it it's yeah. here and, you and don't have calling, to name calling is even worse they are married name oh, calling yeah. because it's normalized the edges it's are normalized bopa, it's normalized bopa, uh, you know you run my finger some bopa burebi mainly humpty dumpty sat on a wall yes and everybody laughs yeah but that hurts the child and now it creates it creates issues for them because now they, they're self-conscious about the size of their head. The yes. point is we cannot circumvent 
parenting. Whether you're in the US, whether you're in Africa, no matter where you are, you have to do your job as a parent and actually parent. Parenting is not just parent. giving birth, giving them a name, paying for parent. school fees, and then sit and bask in the, oh, my child does this, oh, my child does that, and that's my pride. You right. actually have to put in the work Right. You have to sit with your children, as we spoke about, and communicate with them. Know what's going on in their lives. L right now, if you were to ask parents, what is the name of your daughter's best friend? What is the name of your son's best friend? What mm -hmm. is your daughter's favorite color right now? What mm -hmm. is your daughter listening to or your son mm -hmm. listening to? Mm -hmm. They don't mm -hmm. know. Yeah, yeah. What's their Sad. favorite hangout spot? I don't mm -hmm. know. Because mm -hmm. you're not making the time to sit with them and mm -hmm. actually know. I yeah. stick with my woman, my teenager, my nine-year-old. And my nine-year-old is telling me, oh, I broke up with my girlfriend again. And this is what happened. <laughs> Some of the stories that he comes home with. Right? Our <laughs> You're like, wow. All this is happening in elementary school. Right. Happening in right. Elementary school. Exactly. No, it's true. It's yes. very true. Things he actually changed. told me. He actually told me that one of his friends broke up with the other friend because the friend cheated. So I was like, ah. Why this is interesting. So at nine in elementary school, what does cheating mean? Cheating so looks I said, like, okay, right? so how did he cheat on the girlfriend? Mune, oh, they went to Sky Zone with the, with the other girl and they were playing. <laughs> Can you imagine? They're meeting up. They're doing meetups Listen. at nine. <laughs> yes. They're doing meetups at nine. The thing, like, that's what I'm saying. When my dad, and I think, I don't know if I've shared the story here or not. Um, and, you know, it was... A particular um, day where uncles were at the house and everything, and R. Kelly was on TV. That you know, I think it was TFM back in the day as well, the Senegalese mm -hmm. TV station, whatever it mm -hmm. was, came on. Remember back in the day, will come on every now and then. The channel, the satellite would just pick that, and you're like, oh my god, it's this music videos because you know back in the day, it's like music videos were the thing, right? You have everything, cassette and all of it. Anyway, so R. Kelly comes on, you know, with the shirt open. Your bod is calling me, your bod, you know. And I'm standing there, honey, like, you know, I think I was probably either 14, 15, definitely not 16. I was standing there with my sister and we singing and I'm in tears and telling my dad, I have a biggest crush on R. Kelly. Papa up, and my dad is just standing there looking at me like, right and and my dad one of my dad's best friend was at the house he turns around and looks at my dad and says your kids are wild <laughs> right and you know and I'm just you know every now and then I have to catch myself like you know like what the hell was I thinking but my you know and I'm singing and I'm just in tears and but that was that generation. And my dad couldn't, mm -hmm. I think my dad was numb. Like, what the, What do I do with this? Like this information right now. Like, What's happening in my living what room? What just happened in my house right now? Like what just happened? And so, you know, fast forward to now, this gen, right before I came to Gambia last week, my daughter, you know, actually it was the same day I'm flying into the Gambia. My daughter, you know, I picked them up from school. It's like, mommy, mommy, you won't believe. Um, the soccer player, some soccer player from, from England, some, I can't remember. I think it's like a Jude or Mood or whatever name. <laughs> anyway, it's like, it's in, he's in Marbella, daddy. Daddy, please take me. Daddy, please take me. I have to go see him. Oh my God, I have the biggest crush. 
And I'm thinking, what the hell? He's talking to his, you know, they're talking to daddy, daddy, please. Oh, he's so divine, you know. And then my niece was also there. My, my niece. My niece gave a like this big word. I can't even remember the exact word. Like, oh my God, like, can you ever? Like, you know, so these are three girls, teenagers, telling Malik, like, please take me so I can go meet him. So I'm like, am I raising groupies? Like, what are you talking about here? And like, so you want to go to Marbella and find this soccer player? Yes, yes. And, you know, it took me back to R. Kelly, you know, on TV. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? But yes. again, raging hormones, and you don't of care course. at this point. Let, let me just let it know, my, you know, like, daddy, let me just let you know right now I got a crush. And so, you know, I was, I was thinking that Malik's going to say, oh, hell no, what are you thinking? Right? Mm -hmm. That's the first reaction. It's like, well, what time is it again? And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? He's like, what time? I don't know if we'll be able to make it. I have to take mommy to the airport. So maybe, is he going to be here tomorrow? And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> What, what are you going to do? Yeah, it's like, what, what am I going to do? These teenagers are all over here. I have this biggest crush. Oh, mommy, he's so fine. Then, and guess you what? Know, it's uh, going to be the thing that they will remember forever, forever. If that takes them to go and meet Jude Billingham, Lahoma. There you go. That's it. Oh, you know. <laughs> Jude <laughs> Billingham, Lahoma. <laughs> Jude Mood, whatever. <laughs> Halala. 19 is only 19. Lord, oh, boy. I, you know I, said? <laughs> I said, oh my God. So I call and so here's the thing. I call my son and I was like, Can you imagine, TJ, this is what's happening? And he said, What? No, I know, you know, he's being like all strict because he's 19. You know, yeah. he's gotta be. And I'm like, Yeah, can you believe that? Like dad is all like cool about it. Cause I was thinking, <laughs> oh hell no, do not tell your dad. And dad is like, yeah, <laughs> where is he? <laughs> what thinking, time? Yeah, when what will time? he be here tomorrow? But right? then also like, what's the harm in taking them to see their biggest crush? If Lord anything, they might get an autograph, but it's like that one thing they'll always thing. remember, you one know? Thing. That's it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You can't, you have to. And I, I was, I, you know, again, this didn't never happen like around Malik or anything. So now they're becoming teenagers and they're very vocal about it, which means we created that safe space that they could do it. At mm -hmm. first, when I picked them up, they were saying that and I didn't even pay attention. I'm like, whatever, this little girl. As soon as they run and they said it, for me, it was like, oh, like, oh, my God, did you just say that out loud? And Malik's like, yeah, OK, what? Like, you know, it really took me like, OK, you know what? this is definitely conscious parenting we want to make sure we're intentional about certain things and they're coming to us and saying what they feel like and my niece like i was saying my niece was there my brother was there as well and my niece is like and tell me who is finer than michael b jordan i said oh my god where am i going with these kids where am i going with these children I'm like, who is finer than Michael B. Jordan? Why? You know, it's like, well, Michael Bakari Jordan? Why? And there's my brother just standing there. And I'm like, you're not going to say anything. He's like, what am I going to say? <laughs> what is he going to say? He's like, what, what am I going to say? You know? Where's the lie? But okay. yeah, I think it's very important, uh, our Mary, for us to allow our children to have the freedom to share such things because really it is just innocent. When you were like, daddy, Adamo cannot be like, I mean, what well, are you going to do? Well, he's, well, on a, he's on a TV screen and you're just screaming and singing. At the time, he was the biggest deal ever. He was the you know? biggest deal ever. You're and all I the way in Gambia. I believe that he was coming out of Senegalese TV. 
exactly. you know, singing your body's calling me. <laughs> you wouldn't was... have it the way they have it now, where yeah. you just touch your phone and boom, yes. you have and all YouTube. these things. There was no exactly. YouTube, right? Yeah, exactly. And so it means a lot. And all this really is just to say, listen to your kids and just accept because if I think my dad, I think we just shocked my dad at that point, and he was just like, "Okay, whatever." And um, at some point, he just kind of like, "Okay, I know my kids are dating, so there's got to be something." And I remember um, when I was sixteen, obviously leaving the Gambia to come to the U.S., and my boyfriend came to visit, you know, mm-hmm. to say goodbye. At that time, my dad knew who he was, but saw him at the door crying. And he felt so sorry for him. He said, I know who you are. Just come on. Let's go to the airport. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I remember that. It's like, I know who you are. Let's just go ahead. Like, he just felt so sorry for this boy. When they stand. Join the baton. Join So it's like, my dad is like, I know, I know who you are. It's okay. You can come in. Let's just be part of it. Because at that time, it's like, you know, what am I going to do? She's leaving you anyway. So my <laughs> so now mom so joy cry me a river but this is over you know yeah i mean i'm at the dating stage with with a 16 year old you know and they are they are very serious about their boyfriend so luckily for us my husband is actually friends with the boyfriend's dad and we didn't find out until like maybe a month or two into their dating and so now we parents are even more friends than we were before because it's like we're part of the dating like when the son is coming to see my daughter my daughter will let me know Mm -hmm. and I'm like okay the dad comes in he says hi we Mm -hmm. discuss what time is he Mm -hmm. gonna come back and pick up his son and then my husband and I sat our daughter down and we were like, these are the rules. And they understand that these are the rules. Yes. Like these are the right. places in the house you're able to go to. These are the places in the house that you can hang out in. You right. know, like my husband told me the first day he came in from work, Ibi Buntabi. You know, so, Listen, he said he, he he said his breath like it just it just left his body. He was like, I walk into oh my, my house God. and yeah. my daughter is sitting on the couch and their has boyfriend has oh his God. head on her oh on, on, on their chest and they're watching TV. And you you know, the shock of it all, like it's the first you can't. time. You Even can't. though it's innocent, you know, they're yeah. just watching yeah. TV. It's, yeah. it's like, a, you know, there's affection there. They're, they're cuddling. But it's like, you I know, know, my daughter, my house, a boy, you know. know. But it's like, we have to create the safe spaces for them. Absolutely. Because, oh, Mary, if we tell them that they Absolutely. cannot come hang out here, they will go ganao kontuar. They will go at oh, the movie yeah. theater. Oh, they yeah. will go to the bathroom. Oh, so yeah. if you create the safe oh, yeah. space where they Absolutely. can actually spend time together, but yep. it's monitored, we're yes. here with them. You yep. know, it's a, it's it's comfortable. There's yes. a couch. Yes. You know, then they can actually I mean, have a pleasant experience. I agree. Just because spending time together. I agree because, my, I mean, with my son, and I think, too, there's some bias there with me. For sure, <laughs> because mm-hmm. obviously my son, you know, thinks a little bit more lenient because I'm like his boy. 
right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, my daughter's always quick to point that out. I hope you that lenient when we get to be that age. And I'm like, oh, yeah, what you know what, what I'm bigger? saying? But because, you know, TJ's girlfriend will come to the house, has spent the weekend there. I don't have a problem with that. But, mm-hmm. you know, when they turn around, they're like, so when I turn 19, can my boyfriend come? I'm like, where? <laughs> to this house. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yes, mommy. Uh, why, yeah. mommy? Mommy, you better start thinking about it. Yes, because very so, soon, like, oh, the time my. will come. My God, I mean, and these kids, so Haleyatoni for Jude, whoever, and, 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 all. and I'm just like, oh my God, please just give me the strength because if these girls come in and say, this is my boyfriend and they come in and hang out and I have to sit there and watch this, you know, I just pray that, you know, I still have the cool Malik around at that time because I think I'll be the one losing it, to be honest with you my won't. daughters. You think I'll you're be the one lose losing it? it because I know. I know what I was doing at 16, honey. So, but, but oh, Mary, this is the thing. This is the thing. As long as you have open communication with them, so you know where they are. Like, for example, right. my daughter got their first kiss with this said boyfriend, right? Mm-hmm. And the day that they were going to the movie theater, they came to me and they were like, I think I'm going to get my first kiss today. I was like, really? They were like, yes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do you have any questions? And they were mm-hmm. like, well, can you show me? Like, what do I do? Our Mary, can I tell you that I was kissing my own hand to show my daughter <laughs> how to kiss? <laughs> the things we do for love, I tell you. The oh, Mary. We Mama, the things we do for love. Oh, oh Mary, Lord. I was sitting here, literally kissing my own, you know, <laughs> and I was kissing, putting my hand <laughs> in the fist. I was kissing. <laughs> To show how do you give a closed lip kiss? Dinner? How do you give an open lip kiss? Do you remember? I don't know if I said it on the platform, but we were just talking when I was telling you the first, thing, the first kiss, and I was like, "What do I do with the damn tongue in my mouth?" <laughs> oh, Mary, I had to break it down. I, I literally was explaining. So you know, when he puts his tongue in your mouth, oh you know, this is oh what you do. Yeah. When you put your tongue in, in their mouth. <laughs> This is what they're going to do. Oh, Mary. So, say, you know, when they came home, they were like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mommy, guess what? Guess what? I was like, what? We kissed. I was like, how was it? Well, he said, I'm a good kisser. I was like, oh, look at you. But the, <laughs> point, is, huh? but the point is, they're able to come home and tell me. And, right. I'm, I'm, and I'm also aware of the progression. Like, so where are we at now? So where are we right. at now? So right. that way, I'm able to say, okay, I know what's going on. When they get to the point where it's like all right we gotta go everybody gotta get tested you gotta get on birth control you gotta make sure you have a condom when we get to that stage i will be in the know and i can guide but this idea of like just no Eh, my sister, I beg. They're and they're going to go do it they're gonna anyway. Do it. They're going to hide and do it. The, exactly. the peer pressure now, it's so high. It's so super high. I mean, even during, you remember like our time, you know, back in the day, like, and I think we talked about it last time. Remember the girls of the 40s, 40, <laughs> you know, and so, but it's been, it's been happening. So you might as well just have those conversations with your kids now. Be open, um, you know, and, and just, you know, you don't have to be like best friends, but you actually have to just make sure there's clear communication and, yeah. and just understanding and patience and all of it, because you sometimes just want to yell, but you have to understand. And then not only being, are you going to be parents of them? You're going to be parents of their friends as well, because some of those friends too, whether white, black, doesn't matter. 
Yeah. Um, but mostly, obviously, the African parents are just not understanding this, you know, the concept of, you know, understanding and, and allowing children to do certain things or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, like, you know, my first kiss, you know, you know, there's a tongue in there and you're like, what the hell am I doing with the tongue? And you're just like, okay, don't touch here, don't touch here. Oh my God, don't, t-. you know, so. you know so you're just like okay what the hell like what am I doing and so and I'm just like with my kids I just want to make sure I have those that like the expectations or you know because I even though my mom is white we talk about kids but I just didn't know what to do with the damn tongue and I'm like Mm -hmm. what is this doing in my mouth like what do I do with this this one I didn't understand and one of my friends too when she came back you know first kiss her her time mouth was swollen because I don't know what they did to her (laughs) you know so again like um (laughs) <laughs> as, as teenagers you just experience all these things and you do all kinds of mess yeah so you're experimenting you, and you literally experimenting no and one no idea i just knew that you can't touch the cookie that's all i knew like right do not touch my cookie because my dad right. killed me like you know okay yeah fine you could kiss me but i like nothing there no hands none like nothing do not touch and so those are the conversations but if you don't have it they're not gonna know no, Can you and imagine no conversations and then they touch the cookie and you're like, oh, damn, what is that? Right. That felt good. So that where felt do good. I stop? Like, yeah. how far stop. do we go? Like, go. what are the boundaries? My mom didn't talk to me about boundaries. My dad didn't talk to me about consent right. and boundaries. So right. now you're like, exactly. oh, we're in a gray zone. And yeah. I have no, no idea what to do because I don't have the information. So right. give them the information. And let them make the choices because when they're in those situations, guess what, mommy? You're not there. You're not there. Right. Right. When they, some boy is shoving their tongue down your daughter's throat, you're not oh there. When they, oh it's true. You know, it and these so boys, it's the same for them. Nobody's telling them they how don't to kiss. So they, the first time yes. they kiss us, they, kiss, they suck our tongues until it turns red, until it's wow. swollen. <laughs> you know what? We can't I can I can write books on just like the bad the worst things that happened to me. <laughs> the disasters. Oh my god. When I sit down and think about it sometimes, you know, obviously being married with kids now and I have kids like that have been in that age and I'm like, oh my God. I hope they don't have the experiences that I've had. You know, the awful things. You just don't know and you terrified. So you yeah. don't have those conversations. You don't talk about it in school. You don't talk about it in groups, even with your own friends. You're not going right. to talk about, hey, like the kiss was awful. <laughs> you just know that you came back with swollen lips or <laughs> bru- bruised tongues and bruised oh, like, all kinds of things. You're like, was that Wait. abuse? <laughs> what was this? You know, so yeah, we, we've kind of have our run-ins. But anyway, let's wrap up, honey. <laughs> Well, we lost, um, we lost Dr. Nafi. That's why right. you're not hearing Dr. Nafi's uh, uh, opinions, comments, and takes. Um, at some point, it looks like she just uh, fell off the call. So it must be some network situation. Yeah. Right. But this, this, you know, episode, I hope it serves as somewhat of uh, a guide for parents like us who are in the diaspora, who are parenting. Yeah to just have grace for yourself because the kids, what they're dealing with is completely different from what you dealt with in your Mm -hmm. age, in your Mm -hmm. time. 
and also educate yourself because there's a lot of unlearning that needs to be done so yeah. you can be an effective parent to the mm-hmm. child or the children that you are raising in these countries, right? Mm-hmm. Take the time. Don't be lazy to learn what's going on in your child's life. Make the time to communicate with them. And guess what? LGBTQ plus community is not the devil. It's nothing right. shameful. It's yeah. not, oh my God, that's the worst thing that can happen to my life, to my children. It's mm-hmm. part of life. Okay, mm-hmm. so learn, research, educate yourself, give yourself yeah. grace, be patient with yourself, but also be patient with your children. Mm-hmm. Because last thing you want to do is to shame them, is to yeah. guilt them, is right. to shun them and to disown them. Mm-hmm. Because when you do that, you're not being a godly person because you wanted a child. God blessed you with one. Amen. So it's your job and your responsibility to see them through this life. It's right. not when it gets tough that you throw in the towel and you say, you're mm-hmm. no longer mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's I it. agree. I agree. I think you covered it all. There's not much to add. That is all right. Well, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Till you. Till next time. Thanks, guys, for listening. Thank you. Good night.